guys, what's going on? Welcome back to another episode of Arsenio's ESL Podcast. I do apologize, you guys don't hear the mic so well because I do not have my Blue Yeti here with me at work, but you know what? This will do. We're going to be doing some very, very interesting vocabulary because we're getting in the last segment of the advanced level. I want to make sure I bang out a lot of things before I go on. So in saying that, what we have here is we're going to be talking about heroes and anti-heroes. I mean, what's, what's, what is better than talking about heroes and anti-heroes at a time that leadership in the world is so desperately needed? Sure, the wonderful Taiwanese, you guys got someone spectacular at helm. New Zealand, I am jealous. But what's happening in America, it just continues to get even more iconoclastic. And that's one of your vocabulary terms today. This is a person that likes to destroy all religious beliefs. It's kind of like what has happened in the Middle East for such a long time, destroying 1,000 and 2,000 year old monuments to try to invoke their own beliefs. This is a kind of classic, okay? I hope I pronounced that right. But iconoclastic, right? Uh, uh, what is it? Uh, and a kind of, uh, uh, I can no, I hate saying this damn word. Iconoclast. And saying that, this is a person, oh man, that can't accept beliefs, right? So if we look at anyone, in any of the superhero segments, if you watch superheroes or anyone in your life, anyone you've known over the past X amount of years or in the history books, think about all the, the people that wanted to destroy beliefs, right? It's kind of like what's happening in a lot of countries right now around the world, right? We have this sense of, if you don't believe what I believe in, I'm going to destroy you type of worth. It's kind of shocking. It's kind of scary. But this is why it's important to not put people with this type of demented, mindset at him. And so in saying that, it's kind of like someone who has an alter ego, right? So you have your ego, your main person, then you have another personality. It's someone that's different more than, more than often this is person is bad. So I think the person who I had worked with, again, you guys heard that little segment in terms of conflict in the workplace, but this person who I had worked for, she had an alter ego. Because she could be so lovely. I remember at the beginning of this year, you know, I hadn't had a, a conversation with her in about, uh, about a year and a half plus, right? Over, over nothing. Over her just being a baby. And again, I'm just very, very grateful for the entire opportunity. Let's just put it that way. But she ended up saying to me, she was, uh, hey, you know, are you free this evening? Okay, we're going to have a New Year's dinner. Granted, it was like July 17th. This was the beginning of the Wuhan shutdown and when COVID began coming out and just destroying everything. But I said, yeah, okay, wonderful. We went to the Intercontinental Hotel dinner buffet. It was unbelievable. This thing was probably like $50, $60 a head. But this was the nice side of her that she wanted to say, she wanted to paint this picture saying that yeah, I really do care about you, but you know what? No, I actually don't care about you. Because this good side of her and the other side of her, the big baby side of her, and what ended up being the I'm going to insult your intelligence side of her was her alter ego. 
This is a completely different personality that she did not want to show. But when she did show it, and when she showed it this final time, I said, ah, I'm good on your egos. I'm out. You'll never disrespect me like that again. You can go find your imaginary teachers somewhere within this country that can teach as well as I do. Good luck. Best of luck to you. I have no ill will against you. You're just saying this out of your alter ego. And you're saying this out of, uh, at a, out of a place that's called a not enoughness. A place that you do not believe and instill belief in your quote unquote business partners. So be very weary of people who have a tendency of painting this picture such as they're very good, but they're not. I'll give you one more example of this. There was a lady, uh, she's an investor at one of the gyms here in Thailand by the name of The Lab. And the first time I met her, she came up to me, she gave me a hug. First and foremost, Thai women, that was the first hug I ever got from a Thai woman ever in the country, right? And I'm like, well, this is really interesting. She has a Western style feel. But I just felt like I never got the real her. There were times that, I've been, uh, that I, were, you know, I was talking to her husband and then she would try to get his attention. He would look at her and I'm like, okay, well, that's weird. That was back in 2018. And guess what? I saw a very vicious side of her over the past year. And then I said, ah, I don't want to deal with them. I don't want to deal with those trainers. I don't want to deal with any of those people. I want to go to this gym and enjoy this gym. And that's all I'm going to do. Uh, another gym. So again, people who have one side of them and then they completely switch it up, that we also call that two-faced it. That's pretty scary. Alter egos and superheroes, I won't relate it too much to superheroes because I don't want to actually speak about superheroes. Okay, no one cares about superheroes except Black Panther. Anyways, if we look at the nemesis, okay? Nemesis, that was a movie. Nemesis is basically someone who's your arch rival, okay? An arch rival. Now, a villain is a bad person, right? So we have villains in every movie. All the Spider-Man 1, Spider-Man 2, Green Goblin, Hobgoblin, Boob Goblin, Black Goblin, Black Venom, all those th different things. Those are just villains. Those are the bad guys, okay? But the nemesis is your arch rival. So in, your, in sports talk, okay, you got Real Madrid, Barcelona. You got, not to make it political, but you got Donald Trump hating Barack Obama, although Barack Obama doesn't hate Donald Trump. You have other people out there, uh, you, you know, America believes that China is a nemesis. Uh, and they, I don't know. I, I really don't know. I don't know the whole story between America, China, and Russia, but they really do hate each other. I don't know why. It's crazy. But I love all of you guys that listen to me. It's just, I, this is a podcast without borders. I don't believe in nationalities. I believe in oneness, right? I'm in that conscious level 600. No, I want to, I want to be, but uh, we got to take it slow before I just zoom up and go crazy. Anyway, so a nemesis is your arch rival, right? So Tyson Gay would look at Usain Bolt. These are track and field sprinters. He would look at Usain Bolt. Now, in America, Usain Bolt, okay? We look at him as a, as a nemesis, but Usain Bolt was like, nah, he was never my nemesis. I just knew I was going to beat him all the time. It's kind of sad, <clears throat> right? Because one guy says you're a nemesis, or you look at him as a nemesis, but he looks at you and says, no, nah, man, I just beat you all the time. No, no, no hard feelings. Kind of sad. Sidekicks, right? Batman and Robin, right? You gotta, you gotta have your sidekick in life. You gotta have that person that will always be there for you. See, 
<sighs> I've developed out of friendships, out of friendships. I was so broken by what had happened between 2009 and 2000, 2010, having these seasonal friends come in and out of my life. You know, even having a girl who I had known and met online, uh, Satomi Nakagawa from Kyoto, Japan. And I had her, uh, oh my God, I thought I had heard someone knocking on the door. Uh, yeah, I ended up meeting her online. And then guess what? She ended up just leaving. So all these things that happened to me at a very young age, between the ages of 18 to about 21, I said to myself, I said, no more friends. Even when I went to Melbourne, Australia, I had my Mauritian friends. That's right. But no, they weren't really friends at all. I had my Colombian friends. Oh, but then shit, that ended up falling apart. But we ended up reconvening and we ended up calling the truce. And hey, she's still cool. She's still funny. She's still lovely. We'll just leave it there. But do you guys understand? So my psychic... I don't know about you guys, like in terms of friends, yes, I have my, you know, my childhood friend, Andre, they would say he's your best friend, but me and him, we just don't speak the same language. Yes, we both speak English, but it's not the same. Me, I'm going after everything in the world to help do, like I'm committing myself to change, to change in me so I could change everybody that I come, come across. But my, my, best, my best childhood friend, has a limited mindset. So my sidekick would have to be the transformation coach Mira, who lives in South Africa, uh, South Africa. My sidekick would be Deepa, straight out of India, Chennai. But she's doing philanthropic work out there in Cambodia. And that's your other podcast. Uh, that's your other vocabulary word, right? Philanthropy. We're talking people who spend millions or even does things to help humanity right? Poverty, improving healthcare. These are people who end up towards the end of their life, they get a Nobel Peace Prize, right? The Mother Teresa, the Muhammad Ali, the Rosa Parks. I'm pretty sure Rosa Parks got one too. The Malcolm X. Um, oh my God. I think Barack Obama got a Nobel. Um, you know, these people, well, again, I really don't know about all that, but Muhammad Ali was one of the greatest, right? That's the best Nobel Prize. Period. Okay. Marie, Marie Curry. I remember that name from one of the books that I had read a while back, but philanthropy work, that's exactly what I want to do, but I don't need anyone's external validation. I don't need you to say, yeah, we're, we're thinking about giving you a Nobel, but we're not sure because this, I'm like, man, you could keep it because in my own right, I believe that I am the Nobel for the amazing work I'm already doing today. Just imagine in the next five years when I actually go to Central America and I'm pinned between Nicaragua and Panama, two places where I'm planning on helping as many rural and indigenous communities in the foothills of those countries. I don't need your validation. You can keep it. That's very important. It's kind of like the Hall of Fame, right, in America. Yeah, I really want to go into the Hall of Fame. Why? Why? If you know you're a Hall of Famer, you don't need that validation. We don't need no validation, right? Let's talk about protagonist. Protagonist is someone who's always like the beneficiary in the, uh, the story, right? You got the antagonist this is the person in which they feel, you know, uh, a lot of uh, pessimism from. But a protagonist is the, the, the good guy in the story right? Humanitarian efforts. This is a lot of, you know, there's a lot of bogus, and I've already told you guys about this, but 
volunteering, right? There's a lot of bogus volunteering. Um, what is it? Uh, agencies and companies and organizations out there in the world. You know, Pencils of Promise was one of them. And you guys heard me blow up a while back about them. But, you know, you go right to their website. They're like, give me money. And I'm like, dude, do you guys scan the money that I give you? And do you scan it out when you actually use it? Like, show me what you're doing. And I realized that this type of organization was pure garbage. Because next thing you know, Lewis Hose, who's just a podcaster and quote-unquote an author, um, he ended up showing up to a, a, a gala convention with all these famous people at a black tie and black suit event. For what? Pencils of Promise. Ooh, I wonder how many uh, uh, boxes of pencils did you actually not spend on doing a damn gala convention? UNICEF is another one. A lot of these agencies scare me, and that's why I created my own. The Arsenio Bug Foundation is going to be in full swing and taken off like no other. I'm so, so excited about that, and it's going to be happening soon, so you guys stay tuned for that. A mentor, a mentor is someone that, like, it's like a counselor, right? Because a life coach asks the questions to help build that inner coach within you. Right. Because, again, I could just hurry up and tell you, you know, OK, you need to do this, do that. That's more that that's more just like being a mentor or, an, you know, an advisor or, or giving advice. That's not a coach, per se. See, a coach actually guides you through the process. So how does that make you feel? So where exactly do you think that you, they find it, it takes longer than transformation, but they find that route? A mentor could be just about anyone. You know, one of the greatest mentors I've ever came across that left a huge, profound uh, impact on my life was Eddie McCraney, Irish teacher. We went to the same language center, you know, and he was the one that encouraged me to do a podcast back in 2015. Started up that podcast and my life changed forever. You know, I'm grateful for these moments. I truly am. You know, I remember 2015, that's when Mad Max Fury came out. That's when me and Eddie became very, very close because his ideas were so entrepreneurial and so slick and so amazing. Man, if I actually had taken him out and we, I bought him some beers and have some pizza, I probably would have been way ahead where I am right now. And I still remember, <laughs> it's so funny, he's like, Arsenio, if you're here past 2016, I'm gonna be very disappointed in you. It's funny, it's 2020 now, but I left that job in 2017. Bought him onto my ESL podcast, you guys could check that out, it's amazing. But uh. You know, in saying that, man, you, these are mentors. A mentor could be anyone. A mentor could be a child giving you advice, you know? So again, mentor, a kind of class I went over that, role models, right? And I've already talked about villains. We don't have to go into villains and whatnot. But role models are people that you look up to. So I want to give you guys a question. Should celebrities play the roles of role models? Should they, or would that be too much? Now, if you look at The Rock, not necessarily a role model. He does say some things that are inspirational, but his Instagram is all about his alcoholic brand now. So he's kind of encouraging like people to drink. So role models, I don't look at anyone in the film industry and in the NBA, none of them as role models. Uh, I don't look at, I, I believe that I'm my own role model, but there are people who have completely changed my life. Napoleon Hill was one. He died about 80 years ago. Les Brown is another. Uh, oh, my God. Stephen Covey, just amazing. Eric Thomas, 
Okay, he was there for me, Dale Carnegie. He died like 70 years ago or 60 years ago. These were some of the most exceptional role models ever. Some people would say, oh, you know, my family, my mother, fantastic. I didn't have that type of support in my family. I needed to go out and get personal development information. But guys, these are some wonderful, wonderful, wonderful vocabulary terms, especially for you IELTS folks, because I know a lot of you IELTS folks are listening to me now. But, you know, talking about like, Philanthropy, you know, I had one girl from the Philippines talking about philanthropy work, uh, humanitarian mentor, iconoclast. These are really good vocabulary terms uh, that you can use in your everyday speaking. And, you know, this is just great to speak about in general. So with that being said, guys, thanks for tuning into a vocabulary segment about heroes and anti-heroes, man. We're going to be getting into a really cool reading coming up in the next podcast. It is going to be about who are our heroes this is going to be real good because you know how controversial i get in terms of these singers and these stars so in saying that guys stay tuned for more over and out